and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. On today's edition, we have a special episode which we like to call a mini-sode, as we'll be discussing Barry Humphrey's The Man Behind the Mask, which we saw on the 9th of April 2022 in Nottingham Playhouse. For those that don't know, Barry Humphrey's is the creator behind the legendary Dame Edna Everidge, Sir Levis Patterson and the cartoon strip Barry McKenzie. In this show, Barry peels off his mask to introduce The Man Behind the Masterpiece. So with all that said, let's... Set Set the the scene. scene! So we began by sitting in the audience and we looked out at the stage and there's a piano and just a Chesterfield leather chair and a huge screen just at the back which was nicely decorated by an elegant gold frame and it started with a pianist coming out in his apron just doing a bit of dusting shall we say with a feather duster again another five minutes before it yep. started yeah definitely and then the legendary Barry Humphreys walked on set with a huge round of applause and began to talk about his life and where it all started from it was quite nice wasn't it Richard yeah I think it was good that it was a reflection on his life with humour and I think people don't always realise there is somebody behind the mask actually pulling the strings writing the scripts and coming up with all the comedic moments that you take as a household name when you see somebody on TV. Well, that's it. Everybody knows Dame Edna Everidge. But if you're to say, who's Barry Humphreys? Mm. I'm guessing a lot of people would think, oh, that rings a bell, but I'm not quite sure. You say Dame Edna. Of course, yeah, it's um, that's her. Yeah, and I think that's very much about what you realise, how much character work's gone in to make this person so iconic in her own way that people remember that so much. And in a way, it's good because from an anonymous perspective, Barry can go about his own daily life and disappear into the crowd, really, when when he's finished his work. So, you know, you can see why it has its uses as well. And I like stories like this when you just say it's not a show they're not putting on a show but they're talking about their life and how they came to be how they decided that acting was for them that they wanted to be part of the theatre world and entertainment industry and it was quite interesting to know that he had the choice of wanting to go down the straight route of being a dramatic performer but found that due to this little anecdote where he talks about his legs in tights and thinking that the audience are laughing at him for, for these legs in tights and so he just hid behind things during that stage but he actually leant into that and as he say you sort of veer into the corner when you're driving you veer into what frightens you but because everyone was laughing at him he thought maybe comedy's for me and some of the stories that he does talk about it's a lot of people saying no you don't want to go into this you shouldn't be a comedian you shouldn't go into acting you shouldn't do this and that and the other and it just proves after all these years that he still got it yeah and I think it shows that he's a star yeah you sort of forget how many decades he's gone through where he's been involved in some part of your childhood your adulthood because he was a prime time TV star as Dame Edna it was nice to hear him talk about how the creation of Dame Edna came to be where he showed us a picture of his mother and then a picture of Dame Edna and they look very similar and then he said well I can't think why Yeah, (laughs) I can't think think why people would think where I got he's never really discussed where Dame Edna's come from or where his influences or, yeah. or inspiration 
inspirations come from. But in this tour, he actually does talk about the yeah. fact that it is his mother and his aunties that and are very much steered. And various people who phoned up on radio stations. Yeah, and... And, but also local WI groups, women's groups, where he's seen the person who's the chair who's been very outspoken and it sparked something in him to create this character who's quite matriarchal, quite royal, even though there's no royal status. And, you know, that sort of lends that itself to pomposity, the... which yes. he does brilliantly. And the fact that when these ladies were phoning up to complain about him as Barry Humphreys, the entertainer, they'd be like knocking him down a peg. Yeah. And then he'd join in on that. But as Dame Edna saying, oh, he's ridiculous. And, yeah, can't, uh, I can't believe his, how he's allowed to do that. And that's how Dame Edna was created by basically mimicking what those ladies were saying at the time. And also fueling the illusion that Dame Edna is her own person in her own right. And, and I think it's always somebody you know that's like that, that's outspoken, that it's the Hyacinth Bouquet moment. It's those sort of <laughs> characters that are above standards. And in the fact that Dame Edna gave herself a damehood, it just shows that level of pomposity, I think. And it was nice seeing some clips that you can see on YouTube out there of just segments yes. of uh, the Dame Edna show. Because I first got into Dame Edna by seeing, it was in 94, I think, yeah. or the 90s, you know, Dame Edna Everages Neighbourhood Watch. And that was a great programme. It was so funny. Yeah. And over the years, she's always stuck with me. But I never delved too far into who that person who created her was. No. Cause and it was nice to see that backstory yeah. of um, him growing up. And uh, I don't want to spoil it for viewers and give away all his... No, and- exactly. I think I, I, I like the way that it had been put together as a, a night of entertainment for us. It was basically a spoken word autobiography on stage, but it had got chapters. The performance he did was reinforced by projections of maps and, and places where he lived or some family shots that nobody really has seen or bits of him when yeah, he was an early really performer nice. in productions before Dame Edna became a character. It also helped him get through the evening to remind him, because hats off to Barry Humphreys, he's 88 now, and for a man to deliver a, such a, a full-length evening of entertainment, I think that... And to tour it as yeah, well, exactly. everywhere. He's, he's, he's already toured it in Australia, and now he's touring it in the UK, so he thrives for performing on stage, and I think it's very evident, even at the age he is, he just is in his happy place when he's stood on that stage with an audience full of people that are enjoying it. And I really liked listening to the creation of the character of Les Patterson as well. I, it, not particularly a, a character I'm fond of because you sort of just want to cut to Dame Edna. Well, I, I do. But I'm finding myself, as I get a little bit older now, that I'm liking that coarse language, that blue way about him, that just dirty vileness. And also that's referenced from people that, that he's come across in his life and his career where he's realised that the only way to be comedic in certain working men's clubs, the places where he performed, where he created his craft, if you can't beat him, join him to actually get their attention, to then bring Dame Edna out and use it as a springboard for Dame Edna to, to enhance her presence, really. I like to listen to him yeah, just talk. Yeah, definitely. That was one. We were all hooked as an audience 
we wanted to just lean in and you didn't you just be wanted in awe yeah. of this magnificent person. Well, just, and interestingly enough, it wasn't just us that was leaning and no. listening. It was a certain celebrity which we yeah. found in quite close to us as well. Yeah. Who was it, Richard? It was uh, Reece Shearsmith from the League of Gentlemen fame. And we didn't realise until the interval that he was actually two rows in front of us. So it shows that the man behind the mask has got a lot of followers from the comedy world that you sometimes have I to remind yourself him. that <clears throat> how do new comedy writers learn? They learn by seeing those before them that have written and performed in such a way that they enhances their performances because they learn from the greats. And on a segment from that, whilst keeping on topic by learning from the greats, we're big fans of RuPaul's Drag Race and in the current season that they're airing, there's a heterosexual drag race star. Contestant. Contestant. And it's quite weird to see how they react to this straight guy in sort of a, a queer world, queer setting. Yeah. And yet Performing they, in drag. And it's, they forget that Barry Humphreys has been there, done that. Yeah, and, since and we're the talking 50s. from the what, 48, I think. Yeah, was 48, it 48? Yeah, 48, yeah, yeah. Well, that's so, when he first started, yeah. I think. But it, but that but wasn't uncommon. It was he wasn't the only person performing yeah, drag in that day, that day and age. There was pantomimes. You know, there's people that stream. have been performing yeah. in on stage dressed as women for a long time. So it is very strange when they claim that in RuPaul's Drag Race that it's almost the first straight person to be a drag queen on on mm. a TV program when we in the UK have been witnessing this and in America because one thing I have forgot is that Barry Humphreys won two Tony Awards for yes, performing did. a show in San Francisco that ran for four months and those sort of little things that the stars of today need to almost remember the history but rather than sort of claiming something's new there's a lot more out there the thing about Barry Humphreys and his creations as well which is significant and a lot of people know of him or his creations yeah. if you think about it how many times do we go to a fancy dress party and how many characters is dressed as Dame Edna well exactly you always see a Dame Edna or a Wurzel Gummidge yeah there's always you know, there's, there's always, always he's one of them characters that there's always a Dame Edna there's always that purple wig with the yeah, spectacles. and it's always when you were younger that was the go-to for certain people because it was an iconic look, and I think it doesn't take much to recognise that personality. You mm. know, it doesn't take a lot because of the amount of work that's gone into creating that character. What was nice to actually see as well is understanding the legend behind his New Zealand bridesmaid Madge Allsop. Yeah, definitely. It was nice to hear about Emily Perry. Yeah, and she managed to live. Over, well, she was over 100. She was over 100. She lived over 100. And yeah. I think people forget that that dry, non-spoken part has more power and more comedy because of how she performed it than people realise. You know, it was the reactions, the sort of... It was almost mm. a mime character. It was very much yeah. within the mime world where it's all about facial expression and body language. And she really did that. And i tell you something, you know? whether this comes from the, the vaudevillian era, which I think it because um, Hilda Baker from the UK, she had an act where she had this really tall man in a blonde wig called Cynthia. Yeah. And he would not speak at all. No. She would use him like a prop. And yeah. then when she did uh, Not On Your Nelly sitcom for Granada Studios in the mid-70s, she had another character which was very, very camp, part of a couple called Gilbert. And he just wore the most extravagant outfits as well. And she'd have catchphrases like, Oh, what are you today, Gilbert? 
little bit. Oh, you one of those, are you? And he played one of those parts just where, like, Dame Medna would speak yeah. to, to Madge, like, Madge, the badge, the badge Madge, you yeah, know, badge when, badge. when they yeah, had um, an audience. But that person was a character, but would never, ever speak. No. And, and I like those kind of roles. And I once, um, it's a personal thing for me, whenever I put forward a, a, a sitcom for getting reviewed by someone, I'd get uh, someone sending me a message back saying, you've got a character here that doesn't speak. You shouldn't have that. You shouldn't have that at all. That's just a waste of a person. Who's going to be cast just to stand there and say nothing? It's like, if you're telling me that, you don't understand the comedy that could be no, created you don't. by having someone on there, which no. is very quite narrow-minded of that well, particular exactly. reviewer. Yeah, I think they... Say, uh... I'm not going to bother with them again. No, well, exactly. <clears throat> I think it does show a lot of no knowledge about how powerful the physical presence of somebody mm. being in that space can have. One thing I was going to say is um, I think we all forget how many celebrities Dame Edna has encountered through her career. Yeah. The talk shows, the events she's performed with, she's always been somebody. Barry was very clever in creating a character that wasn't rude, but also but it what... was through facial expression that the, she could interview people and was cleverly interviewing these people. A bit like Carolina Hearn with Miss Merton. Yes. Yeah. But the thing is, he had a way of getting the celebrities to want to be interviewed. Definitely. By yeah. him. You, like the Elton John share. Yeah, you know, he's worked with some of the comedy greats. He's worked with Spike Milligan. He's worked with Peter Cook. Peter Cook. He's worked with people that from throughout time you forget that Barry's brush shoulders as Les or as Dame Edna in circles that you just revel in that moment because of the element. And he's the only one out of all of them that has ever done an audience with. He's the only person to have done three an audience with Dame Edna. Yeah. For yeah. ITV. Yeah. London Weekend Television. Yeah. Ken Dodd did two. Yeah, Ken Dodd did but two. And that shows you the, the legacy that Barry's created. Yes. I mean, even at 88, he was still picking people out of the audience for going to the loo on the front <laughs> row. <laughs> yeah, and, that was funny. Yeah. And, but playing with the audience and knowing just how to do it, and but very specific and very poignantly. And it was still comedy. Yeah, such a legend. And he's still touring throughout the whole of 2022, and he promised he'll be back. Yeah. So Whether that's going Dame to be Edna's with Dame... Yes, exactly. So if Dame Edna is coming back near us yeah. we shall definitely be there <laughs> and we shall be definitely be doing a podcast on that one definitely definitely so um, that brings us to the end of this particular mini-sode call this a show so scores on the doors. Well, I don't normally do this, but this one's going to be a ten out of ten. Oh my goodness! It's, it's taken. It's taken how many? It's just taken quite a few, quite quite a few of these uh, these discussions. But today's a ten out of ten. Yes, for me, uh, it is what it is. Mm. You know, I can't compare this so. to a normal show. But ten out of ten, Barry. Thank you very much. So, what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck. Tumbleweed, an audible shrug of the shoulders, uh-huh. a slow clap, a pleasant applause, or a standing ovation. What will it be? Because I think you're going to go be, with me. It's, it's going to be standing ovation, isn't overwhelming it? Standing overwhelming. Ovation. And do you know what? I wanted to stand up in the audience uh, and did uh, do one, but uh, because no one else, it's a bit like... I, the... I wanted to stand up, but then I also realised the population of the actual audience was quite old, so maybe it, it took a lot to stand up. Because they, behind us, there was a lot of pictures uh, and sticks and dinner things going around. Yeah. And uh, we, were, we were in a really nice theatre as well. At the front. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> 
So yeah, definitely a standing ovation for me. Yes, and a standing ovation for me. As well as being abused by the people sat behind me. Yes, yeah. but So there we are. That's our discussion of Barry Humphreys, The Man Behind the Mask. And we hope you found it insightful. If not, entertaining. Coming up over the next few episodes, we will be discussing Animal Farm. First Touch. And the new production of Ladies of Letters. That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. Downstage.